Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. It's time for Rush Hour with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. I am Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook, and tonight we have got plenty of college football action coming your way. Brad Powers, professional sports better, particularly with college football, great experience in past winning contests and winning new bets. Looking to do more of the same for us here on the program tonight, so he will be joining us. In about 10 minutes, and we'll talk several games throughout the college football week one landscape. Then at the end of the show, Matt Eumanns, host of My Guys in the Desert and big contributions to Point Spread Weekly, will be giving us some of his biggest bets for the college football week one slate as well. In between, we got some Major League Baseball action. I've got a couple plays on the diamond, or rather just really one play in baseball tonight, but I do have a play also for the college football week one slate, which we'll get to. Iowa and Indiana is the game. I'll let you know what that play is in about 25 minutes. But let's start it off like we typically do with some of the biggest news of the day, and it's pretty much been revolving around the NFL with our top news of the hour. And tonight is the same thing, revolving around the NFL. Now, we were hearing that the Saints and Packers game was not going to be played in New Orleans because of the hurricane, and now it has officially been moved for that week one home game, TII Stadium, or Bank Field, rather, in Jacksonville, Florida. So that's where the week one matchup between the Saints and the Packers will be taking place. Now, currently, we see this line 
with Green Bay as a four-point favorite. They're also minus $2 on the money line. New Orleans catching plus 163. Total open 50.5. We see it at 50. It's only a little bit movement to the under, but naturally big movement in favor of Green Bay because when this line first got set out, this was during the whole Aaron Rodgers debacle, and we didn't know if he was going to be back in Green Bay. So it was New Orleans minus 2.5, and, and now, of course, we see it at Green Bay minus 4. We know Jameis Winston's going to be the starter. We know the Saints are missing some key weapons offensively, Michael Thomas being the most important one. So the movement toward Green Bay, especially on a neutral side field, certainly makes sense and probably is going to attract a lot of bets, especially from the public. But look, you know, we were talking about this yesterday, and the Saints, honestly, and Sam Monson was helping us talk about it with PFF, and the Saints could be a team maybe people are overlooking a little bit this year because, yes, you're missing Drew Brees, and like we alluded to, you're missing some of the receiving weapons, but you still got Kamara, you still got Taysom Hill, who's going to be a dynamic threat in a bunch of different areas offensively, but more importantly, you still have a really good defense, arguably the best last season did the Saints have. Now, again, it's going to be a tough division trying to get over the fact that the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm not saying they're going to do that, but maybe it could be more of a dark horse opportunity for the Saints to find themselves in the postseason. I'm a little bit hesitant with New Orleans, though, because although I still think they are going to be competitive and going to be solid, their schedule doesn't bode too well for them. I mean, they're going on the road against Washington, on the road against Seattle. Of course, you got to see Tampa Bay twice. And even a bigger question, what kind of competition are you going to get out of the Falcons twice and then looking at the Panthers twice? The Panthers, I have a little bit more faith than the Saints being able to overcome, but Atlanta could be a big question mark team this upcoming season and potentially could split their two games against the Saints. So, uh, again, though, their first game is going to be played in the neutral site, Jacksonville, Florida. Green Bay up to a four-point favorite in that spot. Now a total at about 50. All right, let's look at another game, though, because some slight news transaction-wise did occur regarding the same state in Florida with the Miami Dolphins. Brian Flores, as we know, you know, trying to keep it as much secretive as he can against his former team that he coached with, uh, the New England Patriots, with the big news yesterday. Mac Jones going to be their starting quarterback, but... A slight addition, Malcolm Perry was claimed off the waivers for Miami, if you remember him. He was a former Navy quarterback, so uh, we'll see if he can be implemented in the offense of Miami. That certainly was really slow last season, looking to improve with Tua Tunga Bailoa as their starting quarterback. There's been all the rumors and whirlwinds about Sean Watson. That seems to be irrelevant at this point. If we can assume Tua is going to be the starting quarterback, well, we see New England is the favorite with that being the assumption. Minus two and a half is where New England is with Mac Jones being the starter. They opened one, now up to two and a half. And also they're minus 148 on the money line is New England at home. The Dolphins catching plus 120. Total open 46. That has dipped down to 44 and a half. So if you trust Mac Jones, you are under the key number of three. If you're not totally sold on two, it could be a good opportunity to trust Jones in the new era under Bill Belichick up in Foxborough where we see New England as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Once again, the show is Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. And tonight we've got plenty of college football action coming your way. Brad Powers, professional college football better, joining us momentarily. Matt Humans, host of My Guys in the Desert, will also dish out some of his top college football plays. I've got some baseball 
action tonight and college football as well. But we kicked it off looking at some big games for week one. The Packers and the Saints with news of New Orleans having to play their first game not at the Superdome but in Jacksonville, Florida at TIA or TIAA, excuse me, Bankfield in Jacksonville where we see Green Bay is a four-point favorite. Just another advantage to Aaron Rodgers and the squad that probably already had the upper hand against the Saints team that may be a little bit discombobulated to start. But uh, we'll see how that one goes down. As for the Patriots and Dolphins, was handicapping that one a little bit. The Patriots now up to a two-and-a-half point favorite with a total at 44-and-a-half. We'll see if this number gets to three, but if it gets close to there, could see some value on this Dolphins team that, look, if Tua can be the guy they drafted him to be, then it's going to be a solid squad. Right? I mean, the defense is really strong last year. Might see some regression, but nevertheless, are we quick to jump the gun on New England? Are we thinking they're going to be that solid right away with Mac Jones? I don't know. I'm a little bit hesitant on both teams right now. Probably going to be staying away, but you are looking for New Orleans at Bet Rivers, or uh, New England, excuse me, at Bet Rivers. The Patriots laying two and a hook under the key number of three. If you want to get Miami, probably have a little bit of patience. We'll see how not only this game, but all of these games and their line movements alter as we get closer to week one. We'll be spending, spending plenty of time on that next week. And this week, primarily, we're focusing collegiately because we have week one of college football with such a big slate. And I can't wait to talk about it with Brad Powers because he just goes so in-depth to every slate every week for college football does great with the, with his preseason work too getting you ready with guides hopping on many shows including follow the money here at Visa. and naturally we'll go over some of the big 10 action with brad we'll talk ohio state and minnesota and this is a game we've talked about ad nauseum it seems at this point but rightfully so it's coming on thursday night coming tomorrow we're excited for it and it's pretty much a premier game to get things kicked off for week one and in the Big Ten specifically. So let's go ahead and bring in Brad Powers, who you can follow on Twitter at BradPowers7. Brad, I appreciate you making some time tonight. Looking forward to handicapping the week one slate with you. And like I was just teasing, kind of, let's get right into it, my friend. Let's talk Big Ten Thursday night football with Minnesota and Ohio State. Currently, we see the Gophers catching 14 at Bet Rivers. This total's at 63.5. It opened, it looks like, about 65.5. But we've seen the spread kind of flirt anywhere from 13.5 to 14.5. Any skin in this game that you have, and if not, any angle you'd maybe be seeking in this spot? Yeah, I like the under quite a bit. I, I am part of that early under money uh, and was even fortunate to get a 67 uh, there at Circa. So, uh, I, as always, uh, I really appreciate the guys there, Jeff and and, and Matt and everybody there. But uh Here's my thought process as far as the under. If Minnesota's going to compete in the game, well, how do they do it? Well, I, I, to me, they lean on their big offensive line, returns all five starters, and a really good running back in Muhammad Ibrahim uh, for them to, to keep that high-powered Ohio State offense off the field. So as, if, as long as they can do that, I, I think, you know, the, 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 the total in the mid-60s for a conference game, week one with Ohio State with a new quarterback, uh, and it's feeling himself out. I, I, again, I like that under quite a bit. It's one of my favorite totals of week one. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing, too. You're right. I mean, this Minnesota offense should be potentially more reminiscent of what we saw in 2019. Last year was an anomaly, of course, with a lot of teams and potentially Minnesota being one of those squads. Do you think this is a team that could be more of a dark horse Looking into the Big Ten West, are we going to see that offense we did two years ago, or is the defense going to be too much of a liability, perhaps? 
I, I just think, I mean, I like him quite a bit. In fact, you know, for, as far as a pure power rating going into the season, I think I even have him higher than what they were a couple of years ago where their Minnesota ended up winning 11 games. Uh, they're certainly one of the most improved teams with 20 returning starters. The only thing that's, you know, holding me back is, you know, the, the rest of the Big Ten West is pretty good, uh, starting with Wisconsin and Iowa. Uh, we saw Illinois, obviously, they look pretty good and it went over Nebraska. And the other thing holding me up is, boy, I just don't see a ton of playmakers on the outside. I mean, they have Altman Bell at wide receiver, but who else do they have? Well, whether it's wide receiver or tight end. And the teams that are making a deep run or at least trying to compete with Ohio State's of the world, you got to have multiple weapons on the outside or you just don't have a chance. For sure. All right, Brad. Well, let's take a break from the Big Ten. We'll return there in just a moment. But I want to talk about you know, a game that I guess isn't getting as much attention, but just from a pure betting standpoint, kind of caught my eye, and I wanted to see where you were feeling on it. And this is 11 a.m. Central Time kickoff on Saturday. Army at Georgia State. Now, Georgia State opened up at about around a four-point favorite, but Army seems to be getting the love. Now down to a two-point dog. Total here is at about 50-and-a-half. Army's catching plus 108 money line at Bet Rivers. Georgia State lane minus a buck 32. Uh, explain the movement here in your opinion, and do you think that's the right direction for this spread to go? Well, I hope it is because I'm part of the money uh, on both Army and uh, the under in this game. Uh, to me, uh, I mean, it's a really good matchup. Uh, I mean, it's not going to move the needle nationally, but you got two bowl teams from a year ago. Uh, Georgia State is a program, you know, they're playing back-to-back -back bowl games. I think their coach, Sean Elliott, is doing a really good job there. Meanwhile, you know, Jeff Mockins, you know, had Army – at least at the best that they've been in the last 20, 25 years, uh, over the last several years for them. Uh, defensively for Army, they're just as good as what they were a year ago, in my opinion, when they only allowed 15 points per game. I mean, the schedule does get much tougher for them starting with this game, but, again, that's a really good defense there. Uh, both teams like to run the football. I think you get a moving clock here, and it was a pure numbers play for me. I couldn't play. If you told me the opener was Army less than a field goal, I wouldn't have bet it, but I did get Army plus four. It's all it's all about the numbers. Anything over three, Army's worth a bet. Anything under three, it's a pass for me. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there, too. I want to get in on Army, but obviously a little bit too late to the boat because if it was three or more, getting that three and a hook would have been nice. But now that it's at two, may not be worth it as much. But look, it's going to be a close game. And like you said, probably slower pace because both of these teams, especially Army, as we know, love to run the ball, and that Army defense should be stout once again this upcoming season, as should the defense being stout for these next two teams, Brad, going back to the Big Ten, also kick off at 11 a.m. Central Time. How about Penn State and Madison taking on Wisconsin, where we see the Badgers up to a five-and-a-half-point favorite. This total, once again, we're seeing at 50-and-a-half like the last spot. Look, Wisconsin, as you alluded to earlier, has a lot of hype to come out on top of the Big Ten West, and Penn State should be a solid squad too, but can Sean Clifford limit the turnovers? Can that offense do enough? And in your opinion, can they do enough in game one against Wisconsin? Yeah, I, I think the line's about right. So I'm not afraid to make a bet this time of year. I, in fact, I, I think I got action on more than half the, the games that are aligned, believe it or not. But this is one that, that I don't have a, a pre-flop bet as of right now. I guess I would lean under. Just because, again, like I mentioned, the Ohio State-Minnesota game, a conference game early, both teams filling each other out, two teams that, that again, uh, are a little bit more conservative. Uh, under would be my preference, although it would be nothing more than, than a ham sandwich, as Paul Stone likes to say from time to time. Uh, I think both teams uh, are play-on type of teams this year. I think both are among the most improved in the country. In fact, 
if I go to my power ratings, believe it or not, I got both teams in my top 10 if we're just doing a Vegas power rating. So uh, I, I want to play on both. <laughs> the fact that, it, 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 in my opinion, it stinks that they got to play each other week one because I, I was anticipating to have a bet on both. But uh, as far as my projections, it's too close for me to get too involved here. A really good game. In fact, you know, I, everyone's going to talk Georgia-Clemson. But this is the game, you know, Georgia Clemson obviously is in that one slot for best game of the weekend. This is number two, in my opinion. And like you said, I mean, you don't have any pre-flop action as at this point. Are you a better that likes to take advantage of the in-game betting perspective? And if so, is there any angle you'd maybe seek out for these two teams in week one that you would kind of look forward to? Well, that's an excellent question. Yeah, I do in-game bet. Uh, it's tough. Uh, I, what I'm usually looking for is change the weather, change the quarterback and whatnot. Now, with that being said, week one, a lot of times you, you can tell almost instantly if a team's got it or not. Uh, I mean, you could just be dead wrong. So if I got a, a pre-flop position that, that, you know, let's face it, this is week one. I mean, I could, you know, sit here and pound my fists on the table. Oh, I got great value, closing line value on this bet, but we still don't necessarily know until this team goes out and plays in the 2021 season. So, I mean, I'll be heavily involved and pre and uh, in-game betting, uh, but this one doesn't strike me as one that that we're going to see too much variance. I think it's a, it's almost like a Woody Hayes Bo Schembechler game uh, where, where I, I it's going to be a field goal game either way, no matter who's winning. In my opinion, so I mean, I'll be I'll be shocked if it's not a one possession game with either team coming out on top. All right, Brad, and then another game of the Big Ten that's going to be catching a lot of eyeballs at 2.30 p.m. Central time on Saturday. How about Indiana and Iowa? Now, this has actually been fascinating to see this line move down in favor of the Hoosiers. Currently now, it looks like consensus, at least at Bet Rivers, we're seeing a three in favor of Iowa. So, again, Penix being back in the mix and the returning starters defensively potentially boating well for Indiana in this game. Shorter total at 45 in my opinion, I guess, Brad, this is going to come down to the running game, and I give the slight advantage to Iowa, but again, that Indiana defense could be one of the best in the Big Ten. So how do you figure this thing ends up down in Iowa? Yeah, if you're going to give me a line of three, I'm going to take Iowa minus three. Uh, some other shops, three and a half and whatnot. Uh, anything over four, I was getting Indiana money, but now that it's at that key number of three, I'll take the home team. Uh, Tyler Goodson, a running back for the Hawkeyes, one of the more underrated running backs in the entire country. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Penix, they said, is 100% healthy. But, I mean, he needs to stay healthy. That's a big question mark for the entire season for Indiana. It's another game where you're going to learn a heck of a lot about both teams. I think both are top 25 caliber, whether you're talking an AP poll or a Vegas power rating. That's how good both of these teams are. I would be stronger on the Hawkeyes, but they're typically a little bit of a slow-starting program. Uh, under Kirk Ferentz, look at last year, started 0-2 and then finished the season red hot. And the other hang-up I have on why I'm not fully invested here on Iowa is, man, they lose a combined six starters at the line of scrimmage, offensive line and defensive line, including a couple of All-Americans at left tackle and defensive tackle. So uh, that's the only thing preventing me from getting involved too much on Iowa here. All right, Brad, then finally, you talked about this game, the premier one of the weekend in a lot of people's eyes, Clemson and Georgia, another one where we're seeing a three-point spread in favor of Clemson now, and this total circles at about 51, not incredible movement as of this point or really as of late, but, you know, you could have gotten three and a half, and I'm sure you can at some other shops, and a lot of people thinking that this is the year for Georgia if they're going to do it. And it starts week one against Clemson. Do you look to taking the dog in the spot, or do you trust Davo Sweeney and company? 
No, I'm in the latter camp. I just I think Clemson deserves to be fair because Dabble, in my opinion, is a better coach than Kirby Smart. And I'll say this, I think D.J. Uyunglele is a better quarterback than J.T. Daniels. So I think Clemson deservedly is the favorite. I do think both. I worry about both teams' offensive lines. I think they're both going to struggle in this game. You know, I, I could make a case for Georgia, but the problem is they're banged up at, at receiver and tight end. I mean, they had two legit, you know, top five, top ten tight ends in the country, and both aren't going to play here. So, I mean, that was a matchup they could have taken advantage of Clemson now that they can't. I mean, I still think the jury's a little bit out on JT Daniels. I know everyone's talking him up, but, I mean, look who they played last year at the end of the season. Didn't play anybody. When he had to step up in the bowl game, I, sir, I, I took Georgia against Cincinnati. And Georgia probably shouldn't have won the game. Forget covering the spread. They could have lost that game outright. So uh, I, I just think Clemson with 10 returning starters on defense and, again, with the, the edge of quarterback and head coach, you know, if it's a, a three, uh, you know, minus 110, I'm going to lay it with Clemson. All right, Brad, before we let you go, we got a couple minutes left. In terms of post-week one, everybody has these early reactions and what they should do very quickly for week two. What would be some of your advice to offer handicappers in general, novice handicappers, whatever it may be, after we watch these games in week one, what would be some of the advice you would offer heading into week two? Well, I'd be very careful of overreacting to week one. If there's one week where it's overreaction week, it's, you know, week two, because every, we've only seen one game, everyone overreacts to what they saw. So be, here's what you do. I mean, you do some box score study, just like any other week. But I think week one's more important than anything. Why did that team underperform and overperform? I think if there's one stat you got to look at week one, it is the turnover battle. If a team was plus four or five in turnovers or minus four or five routinely, I find value, you know, playing, you know, either on those teams or against those teams in week two because of the overreaction, just because of one stat line. Love it. Brad Powers, ladies and gentlemen. You can follow him on Twitter at BradPowers7. Best of luck to you this weekend, Brad, and thanks for handicapping with us tonight. All right. Hey, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, guys. Bet. Brad Powers once again on the tweets at Brad Powers 7. We'll get you covered all throughout this season with college football here on Rush Hour and other shows on VEASAN, including Follow the Money. He knows what he's talking about. He's won plenty of money in the past and contests there in Sin City. And we're getting bumped, man. It's week one coming to us and a lot of Big Ten action, which we're not accustomed to. And that's why it's fun to look over it with the game involving Ohio State and Minnesota. That's spread at 14. Indiana and Iowa. And then, of course, like we talked about as well, Penn State and Wisconsin. And we'll talk next segment about that Indiana and Iowa game because I think that one's a fascinating one with a pretty solid betting angle. But in terms of going back to the Penn State and Wisconsin game, I think Brad makes a good point. This line is set what feels like the perfect kind of number, right? I mean, anywhere from four and a half to five and a half, and we're seeing it at five and a half right now at Bet Rivers. And I've been vocal about my trust and faith in this Badgers team. We literally talked about it yesterday. I'm betting their season win total over nine and a half wins, and I think it starts out with the solid performance against Penn State. Penn State should be a good squad. There's no denying that. The defense will be like they typically are that we see from the Nittany Lions. But again, I'm not fully there on Sean Clifford, especially week one on the road against a good defense that Wisconsin has. At the same time, we got to see a lot from Graham Mertz and company, but I have a little bit more faith in the home squad opening it up than I do the opposing team in Penn State. All righty, like I said, though, coming up next, I'll give you a bet. In that Indiana and Iowa game, the line has come down to three. That mean it's worth the bet on the Hawkeyes now at their home opener. I'll let you know next. Stick around. It is Rush Hour on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network.
Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They fight, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, gonna, not the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team that cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. Thank you. Get the most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boosts on all of your favorite teams. Only at your hometown sportsbook. And remember, to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Daily hometown discounts. Check it out. BetRivers.com. Welcome back to it. It is Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. And I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke 5 It's where you can follow me on Twitter at VEASAN Live for the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Big thanks to Brad Powers to kick things off talking some week one college football opening lines and the bets he's placed as at this point. One of the games that we discussed that he wasn't necessarily enthusiastic about, but because of where the line is placed, he did have more strong contention on it, and that involved Indiana and Iowa with some Big Ten play for Week 1. Now this game's going to kick off 2.30 p.m. Central Time Saturday, and that's going to be a home game for the Iowa Hawkeyes, and they opened up as high as a 6.5-point favorite, it looks, in some spots. But, you know, realistically, it came down to 3.5, and... A half and Still three and a half at some spots, but now it's come down to three at Bat Rivers in favor of Iowa. They're also minus 167 on the money line. The Hoosiers catching plus 135, and the total has seen some significant movement as well. 48 and a half down to 45. Now you know the quarterback battle here. Spencer Petrus, the Iowa quarterback who certainly had his struggles last season and really uh, is not an electrifying quarterback by any means, but... If Iowa wants to win the Big Ten West, which, of course, they do, if they want to have hopes to winning the Big Ten, he needs to be a really threatening quarterback that he wasn't this past year. He ended with a 9-5 to touchdown inter, uh, interception line and just a 57% completion rating this past season for Iowa. And it's not that Iowa ended up bad, but rarely was he relied on to be the main culprit for either coming back and winning games or winning close games for this Hawkeyes team. So can he change that this season? Can he be relied on? Can he have those big downfield passes and plays? Well, if they can, then I really like Iowa in this, uh, in this game Excuse me, and further along in this season. But look, even more so to backing Iowa here, Tyler Goodson, as Brad alluded to, he is an underrated back potentially and could have a breakout year for the Hawkeyes that has a team with 13 returning starters and has history of plugging in those trenches both defensively and offensively that are just always good in Iowa. So I really like the fact that Iowa did come down to three at their home opener against this Indiana team that, yes, has a great defense and will continue to have a great defense presumably this season. But there could be concerns offensively with them. Can Michael Penix stay healthy? He's had three season-ending injuries while being an Indiana Hoosier. He's been great while he's been healthy, but can we completely bank on that? And if you can, okay, that's fine. That's understood. The offensive line is having starters back in the mix, but what their issue was, contrary to what we can expect out of Iowa, was their lack of run offense. Now, they really couldn't find a hole. They were averaging, what, about four yards per carry, maybe a little bit less this past season for Indiana. Stevie Scott left for the NFL. Tim Baldwin Jr. is next in line and or along with Samson James. But look, they only got past 170 rushing yards once in a game. That team needs to improve in that category, and I don't know if it's going to happen week one on the road in a tough environment against a tough defense that is Iowa. Now, again, Indiana's defense is very solid. Limited opponents to 20.2 points per game last season. They're bringing back nine starters. Their secondary led the Big Ten in interceptions. They did great getting pressure on the quarterback. However, where they slacked a little bit was in the secondary with their passing yards. They allowed the 10th most in the Big Ten at 241 per game. But it wasn't necessarily a huge difference maker, right? Because they were able to get pressure on the quarterback. They were able to commit those turnovers. But maybe if we're kind of hoping that Petrus can have an improvement in his season, it could start week one if he can rack up the yards against more of a liable 
defense that is in the secondary of Indiana. So again, it's not that I'm completely banking on it, but it's more so, as Brad talked about, betting the number that I think is rightfully in favor of Iowa. And again, I like that you're getting in at the key number of three now, and I laid that with the Iowa Hawkeyes for their week one game against the Indiana Hoosiers. Look, I don't want to do it. The Nebraska uh, student in me hates it, and my sister going there doesn't make me want to root for Iowa. But we're betting the numbers here, and we're betting unbiased without emotion. I think Iowa truly is the right angle in this game. So let's go Hawkeyes on Saturday. Laid the three with them against the Indiana Hoosiers. 2.30 p.m. Central Time kickoff this Saturday afternoon. All right, a little bit closer in the future, I got a bet that you can place for tonight. Let's discuss that next as we talk Major League Baseball and some of the biggest games later on for tonight's slate. Stick around. It is Rush Hour. Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Concluded with the NFL preseason, we're getting closer to the start of the regular season, which means it's a perfect time for you to huddle up with the Beeson Pro Football Betting Guide, which is only $19.99 and it's available now. Our experts provide profiles of every single team, along with advanced stats and power ratings, plus you get best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. You can sign up for Beeson All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. So go ahead, check it out at vsin.com slash subscribe. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to it. It is vsin, the sports betting network. And, of course, the show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. Thank you for being with us. Still to come on the show, uh, after this segment, we'll talk more college football with Matt Eumann's big contributor, not only to the college football betting guide, but the NFL betting guide as well. So we'll get his thoughts on both if we have time, but primarily college football with Mr. Eumann's. But it's time to talk some baseball this evening. Went 1-1 last night with our picks. Looking to go 1-0 tonight with the play that I do have involving the matchup on the West Coast between the Giants and the Brewers. This one opened up. With San Francisco as a minus 140 favorite despite Milwaukee winning the first two games of this series. Milwaukee was catching plus 130 at the opener. Now they're catching plus 150 at Bet Rivers. The Giants laying minus 177. The reason why the Giants are getting all the love tonight is because Kevin Gossman, who was once an NL Cy Young hopeful, at, you know, I guess you could consider him that. He's had a couple of rough outings the last two, but look, overall on the year, He's 12-5, 2.49 ERA with a solid XBIP of 3.47 and a really good whip of 1.01. And furthermore, the reasoning, at least in my opinion, for backing the Giants is Brett Anderson is opposing him, the southpaw, not the most reliable in a studly Brewers rotation. He is 4-8, 4.27 ERA with a 3.93 XBIP and a whip of 1.32. So again, Milwaukee has won both the games in this series last night. They got the job done 6-2. Uh, Anderson struggles a little bit more so on the road. He's got a 5.00 ERA 
and a 3.97 xFIP, which isn't terrible, but again, he's a little bit worse on the road. He has gone up against San Francisco once this season, and he did exceptionally well. Went five innings pitched, allowed just five hits, one earned run, racked up three strikeouts, but the Giants did get the job done in that game, five to four. Also, the Brewers have lost the last four consecutive starts by Brett Anderson. Now looking at the other side with Kevin Gossman at home, he has thrived this year with an ERA of 3.38 and an even better XFIP of 3.09. However, he has not faced the Brewers so far this season. Now when we look at these teams offensively, you know that San Fran, they're a bunch of beasts at home. I mean, that's where they're killing it. 786 OPS at their home field as opposed to 731 on the road. Against lefties, they're a little bit worse, but... It's a minimal difference, 749 OPS against southpaws compared to 759 against righties. And what's actually kind of funny with Milwaukee, this is a team that hits tremendously better on the road, but at the same time, it's still Milwaukee's offense, which is pretty inconsistent. So on the road, they're hitting 740 OPS, and against righties, they are a little bit better than lefties, 722 OPS. So instead of laying the chalk here, minus 177 with San Francisco, I do think they get the job done, but I think there's more value certainly in the run line here. I snagged it at about plus 130. It actually opened up plus 147, and now you're seeing it with San Francisco if you want to lay the run and a half at about plus 120. Even down to plus 110, we're seeing uh, at Bet Rivers. So a lot of steam has gone on the Giants on the money line and the run line in this game. And that's the direction I went with, thinking it's a good spot to finally get a dub in this current series for San Francisco. Trust Kevin Gosman, trust the bats more so on San Francisco. And I like him on the run line with the value. Got him at about plus 130. So again, that's the only official play I have on tonight's Major League Baseball slate. But let's take a look at a couple more games that do have potentially some value in them. Starting with the Cubs on the road against the Minnesota Twins. Justin Steele, who has been fairly solid in his you know, short tenure with the Cubs as of this point. The lefty's making his start in Minnesota against the Twins, who has Joe Ryan making his career debut tonight against Chicago. And look, last night the Cubs did win 3-1, to one, but this Cubs team has been incredibly hard to trust and back ever since they traded off everybody. Plus, they are pretty atrocious offensively on the road, 683 OPS, and they hit worse against righties, 686, and just over 700 OPS, 702 to be exact, in the month of August. The Twins, even though only scoring uh, one run yesterday, they do hit better at home, 746 OPS, and they're not bad against lefties, 720 OPS. Joe Ryan, again, we haven't seen anything from him, so have no stats to back up with him, but he is rated the Twins' number six prospect by MLB Pipeline. And when you look at Steele, again, you know, opposing Ryan, Steele for the Cubs has been relatively solid, even on the road where he sports a 3.19 xFIP. However, this is just his fourth career start, and he's given up three, two, and four runs respectively, four being the most recent. Most he's gone has been five innings pitch, so if he can't go that long, and you got to rely on this Cubs bullpen that has certainly been a train wreck ever since they dished out everybody. And it's not to say the Twins bullpen isn't tough to rely on, but you have seen big movement in favor of Minnesota, minus 145 up to minus 180 at Bet Rivers. The Cubbies catching plus 150. This total's been pretty stagnant at nine, so no real thoughts here would lean toward getting involved in Minnesota, but at the same time, don't really trust laying the run line with them and don't want to lay upwards to minus 180 with the brand-new pitcher making his debut. So you could kind of fall in line with one or the other philosophy, right? You could go with a guy having the momentum in his first start against you know, an inferior team, so to speak. Or he could avoid it because it's a new atmosphere for him. A lot of nerves and, 
you know, the Twins, again, aren't really that great of a team as of this point. They have their moments at home, but aside from that, haven't been the most profitable. So if you want to bet on it, though, big movement has gone toward the Twins, and that could be the best route to take. Finally, let's talk Braves and Dodgers. The Dodgers getting love tonight. They've won the first two against Atlanta, and betters are thinking the same will continue. Minus 185 up to minus 210 for L.A. Atlanta catching plus 175 despite having Southpaw Max Freed on the bump. But the bad news for him is he is opposing Max Scherzer, who is sporting an XFIP of 3.31 with a 12-4 record, and he has been amazing in the month of August. 2.77 XFIP with a 2.31 ERA, 3.18 XFIP at home. Now, the Dodgers do hit slightly worse against lefties. Keep that in mind, 735 OPS. But they are better overall at home, where they're sporting to 767 OPS. So, again, the movement has gone toward the Dodgers, minus 210. You want to lay the run line, it's plus 107. But a short total here of seven, with two studly pitchers taking them out for each respective team tonight. But in case you missed it, the official play that we do have in baseball tonight, let's go with San Francisco on the run line, plus 130 against Milwaukee, trusting that Giants offense and Kevin Gossman as opposed to Brett Anderson. As always, best of luck if you tail. If you want more plays, stay with us. Matt Eumann's giving us his college football action for week one next. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my That's my dance, <laughs> Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall. 
and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Get the most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boosts on all of your favorite teams. Only at your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self exclusion program. Remember, daily hometown discounts. Check them out at rivers.com. Alrighty, we are wrapping up another edition of Rush Hour right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Once again, you could follow myself, Danny Burke, on Twitter at DannyBurke5. As for VEASAN, at VEASAN Live, that's V-S-I-N-L-I-V-E on the tweets. Joining us momentarily is Matt Humans, and he'll have plenty to talk about with college football. So we'll get into NFL with him throughout the season, but since we're very excited for week one, and I know he loves himself some college football, let's go ahead and bring the man in himself. Matt, thanks as always for making some time. Looking forward to handicapping college football this season with you, and I know you're plenty excited throughout the Big Ten as your alma mater being Purdue. They have an interesting game this week, and we'll get to that in a second, but I want to start out with the matchup tomorrow night featuring Minnesota and Ohio State. And we've talked about this game a lot, but I'd like to get a lot of people's opinions because it's really a big matchup in week one. And we'll see what Stroud can provide quarterback-wise for Ohio State and if Minnesota can get back to what we saw in 2019. And at home, the Gophers are catching 14, Matt. Total here at 63-and-a-half. How are you handicapping this one tomorrow evening? Danny, you're right. The Gophers were 11-2 and two in 2019, took a big step back last year, and it started when they got mauled by Michigan in that season opener in Minneapolis, and I was on the wrong end of that one. Hopefully I'm not on the wrong end of this one because I'm going to take the points with the Gophers again here, and uh, I haven't bet it yet because it's sitting at 14, and what tends to happen is the Buckeyes get bet by the, the, betting, uh, the betting public uh, pretty much uh, pretty heavily, and then usually it's one-sided, so I'm hoping I can get 14 and a half or 15 with Minnesota. Um, but here's, here's the deal with the, the home dog. Minnesota's massive on the offensive line and pretty strong up front defensively. So I don't think that talented Ohio State defensive front is going to manhandle the Gophers up front. And uh, to me, that's a big key when you're looking at a two-touchdown home dog like this. Also, you got Tanner Morgan, one of the most accurate passers in the conference. No, he wasn't great last season. Uh, but he's still good, and he's good enough to uh, give the Gophers a shot. I think he can pull off the upset in this game. We've also got Muhammad Ibrahim, one of the top running backs in the Big Ten, in the in the backfield with Morgan. So 
to me, there are a lot of elements here that uh, point to the Minnesota side. And you mentioned C.J. Stroud. We don't know what he can do. Maybe he'll light it up, and I'll look foolish for playing the underdog here. But this is his first game. He's on the road laying two touchdowns. We don't know if he's Justin Fields. We don't know what he is right now. Uh, but I, I'll, I'll bet against a rookie quarterback laying two touchdowns on the road with a team that's strong in the offensive and defensive fronts with a veteran quarterback and a pretty good coach and P.J. Flex. So I'm looking to take at least 14, if not more, with the Gophers. Yeah, I'm with you in that. I'd lean certainly to the direction of Minnesota at home week one game against an unproven quarterback. It's not that we're doubting him, but again, there's a lot of expectations laying two tutties week one against a conference opponent against an offense that probably should resort to the norm of what we saw two seasons ago. So yeah, maybe be a little patient for the 14 and a half if anyone out there is still looking to bet Minnesota. Uh, speaking of a game that you have seen a hook on it over a key number in some spots, and now it's kind of come down a little bit. Matt, how about Indiana and Iowa? We were talking about this game with Brad Powers earlier, and I gave my bet on it as well. And three and a half was the most common number, but now it seems like consistently you're seeing three in favor of the Hawkeyes against Indiana. This total at 45. For the fact that it's at three, I actually laid it with Iowa. I think the difference in this game, Matt, is going to be the run game that Indiana was unproven with last season, whereas the Hawkeyes have Tyler Goodson, who could be a very strong back. And especially week one at home, I kind of lean toward this Hawkeyes team, so that's why I played him. But what gives you confidence for taking three in the hook with the Hoosiers? Yeah, I think of all the games I put out this week, this is the one I might be the least confident in, and that's Indiana plus three and a half. And uh, that's basically because I know a lot of sharp cappers like yourself on the other side with Iowa. And I also know that I have a built-in kind of bias where I, I tend to underrate Iowa every year. Now, I look at the Hawkeyes on paper with the exception of a couple of years ago when they had the two stud tight ends. But I look at the Hawkeyes on paper, a lot of times I just don't see it. And I don't see it with this team either. I know Goodson's a good running back, but uh, I'm not sold on Spencer Petras, a quarterback. I don't, I don't see many dynamic playmakers. When I look at the Indiana offense, I do see playmakers. I see the chance to put up points and uh, a team that could be explosive, even though I'm not crazy about the quarterback on the Indiana side either. I think this looks like a more conservatively played, uh, lower-scoring type of Big Ten game where catching more than three uh, could be valuable here. I took three and a half with the Hoosiers. Uh, but, you know, Kirk Ferentz has proved me wrong before, and he could prove me wrong again uh, Saturday because a lot of times you look at Iowa, you say, well, I just don't see it with this team. Then you look up in November, and Iowa's got eight wins. And I don't know, I don't know how they do it. Uh, so what, who did Brad Powers like in this game? If you and Brad Powers are both against me on this, then I'm really going to be concerned. <laughs> so he didn't have complete conviction on it, but he said for the fact that it went down to three, he likes Iowa more so than Indiana. Okay. Okay. Like I said, I've got about, I think I've got 12 plays in college football right now. That might be the one I'm the least confident in. And I did play Indiana under eight on the season win total. But I, I, I think that it's going to be really hard to, for the Hoosiers to get the nine wins, and they would have to win this game to have a chance at that. Uh, but I, did, I, I took three and a half. It was not a big bet. It's funny you say that about Iowa, though, how you kind of always underrate them, and that may be me being a little bit biased going to Nebraska and rooting against my sister who went to Iowa. But I'm the same way with the Hawkeyes, and they always end up with at least eight wins, as you alluded to. It's comical, and somehow they always do it. But sure to be a fun game between Indiana and Iowa. We'll be button heads a little bit, so we'll see how that one goes down at Iowa City. But 
Keeping it in the Big Ten slightly now with your alma mater, week one, Purdue at home. They're laying seven against Oregon State. Certainly you're close to the Boilermakers and keep close tabs with them. High total here, 67 and a half, Matt. Is this going to be a shootout? And if it's if that's the case, is it going to be enough for Purdue to cover that seventh spot? Yeah, I don't know about the shootout. I just I don't have any feel whatsoever for the total because you've got uh, two teams offensively where uh, I don't know what you're going to get in game one. You know, I don't know if these teams are going to come out firing in game one. I think Purdue's got a lot of potential offensively. Purdue's got a lot of talented receivers. And is Jack Plummer the right trigger man for that offense? I think he is, but I don't know that for sure. And Purdue's yet to establish a running game under Jeff Brom. Been one of the worst uh, rushing offenses in the Big Ten the last couple of years, and obviously been one of the worst home favorites in the Big Ten the last couple of years as well. I think Brom's covered one of his last nine as a home favorite. i got to double-check that, but I think that's what Bruce Marshall of the gold sheet put out this week, and I saw in, in the, the VSIN points for it weekly. But I, I, know, I just know this. Brom has been a poor, road, poor home favorite. He's much better in the underdog role, and I like this Jonathan Smith coached Oregon State team. He's done a really good job, I think, of um, – redshirting guys and, and, and setting this team up to where it has a lot of experience coming back this year. And uh, Oregon State is going to be able to compete with almost anybody in the Pac-12 and I think can uh, get Purdue fits in this game. So I like the Boilermakers over their season win total of five. And five was the number of DraftKings. I wouldn't necessarily say over five and a half because it could be a five and seven team or a six and six type of team. If I look at the schedule, I think Purdue should be six and six. I, I thought Five, over five is a buy low spot on Jeff Brom. But again, you got to win this game, and he's been poor as a home favorite. Uh, so I took Oregon State actually when the line hits seven and a half. So I got plus seven and a half on this. I see six and a half popping up all over the place now. I still think that's a good bet. I would play Oregon State plus seven in a game that I think Purdue is probably going to have to go to the wire to win. Okay, so looking to fade his alma mater, but yeah, seven in the hook, a good number, and you're right. It's coming down in favor of Oregon State, so it could be a tough test week one for Purdue. Matt, we got about 90 seconds remaining, but I mm -hmm. wanted to hit this next game, Notre Dame and Florida State. Uh, Notre Dame, they're laying seven and a half on the road with a total of 55 and a half. People are having lower expectations on the Fighting Irish this season, and it could be a relatively rough start in week one despite them being the seven and a half point favorite. You know, I do think Notre Dame's got some weapons on offense. And Brian Kelly's probably going to have a pretty good offensive team at some point. I'm not sure it's going to happen in game one with Jack Cohn, the Wisconsin transfer at quarterback. Kelly lost a lot of talent to the NFL draft. Ian Book was a guy who won 30 games in that program. I think it's going to be tough for the Irish on the road in week one to fire on all cylinders. And uh, I really expect Florida State to be one of the most improved teams in the country. And, uh, Mike Norvell's second season, especially if McKenzie Milton is a playmaker, a quarterback like he was at UCF for the knee injuries. I think the uh, the home dog is going to be live Sunday night, Danny. And uh, I took seven and a half with Florida State. I was hoping to get ten when that number was sitting at nine and a half, and it went the other way. So a lot of people, I think, see the same thing I see here. The Florida State should be really competitive with uh, a shot to win this game Sunday night. Maybe Brian Kelly will prove us wrong, but I think. Uh, I think he's got some work to do to rebuild this offense with all the talent he lost uh, from that playoff team. So I'm going to tell I, I, I'm on uh, I'm on Florida State, and I took the seven and a half. 
Yeah, I like that one a lot, too. I might hop on that with you. Getting it over the key number of seven, and you're right. There is turnover with Notre Dame, and they'll be able to do well enough, but maybe not in week one with that number being seven and a hook. So we'll be looking for Florida State catching seven and a half. And, Matt, we're up against it, my man, but appreciate you as always hopping on. Best of luck with your week one plays, and we'll look forward to getting more throughout the season. You bet, Danny. Good luck this weekend, man. You as well, Matt Humans, who you can follow on Twitter at Matt Humans247, host of My Guys in the Desert, right here on VSIN, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Great contributions to Point Spread Weekly, College Football Betting Guide, and Pro Football Betting Guide, which is out, BSIN.com slash subscribe. But that's going to do it for us with another edition of Rush Hour. In case you missed it earlier, a couple of bets that we rolled with tonight. Going with the Giants on the run line, plus 130, taking on the Brew Crew. And then for Saturday, Iowa laying three versus Indiana Hoosiers. Best of luck to all of you tonight. Thank you for tuning in. Until tomorrow, take care from all of us here at Beeson Sports Betting Network. heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. <laughs> I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.